everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. hi everyone hi everyone um how are you really good how are you i'm very well thanks i'll probably have to go for a wee during this live i'm just warning you now that's okay i'll man the ship while you okay um do you have any news (sighs) apart from being six months down don't what is I don't have any news. Oh, I do have this news. So <laughs> I said to James this morning because now I'm it's week 24, it's month six. Like I can't fuck around anymore with this whole like it's fine. <laughs> Being pregnant is nothing. So I literally said to him this morning, like, oh, we need to come up with a birth plan. He's like, I don't know what that is. And I was like, pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> and he was like, okay. And I was like, I've been talking to people and thinking about it. And I think I want to try a water birth. Now I won't lie. Most of the people I know who've done it ended up getting up and having the baby like on the floor. But it looks like it's like a lot more easy, like and comfortable. So I was like, I think I want to do that. And he was like, oh, is it like a hot tub? And, and I went, well, not really like hot, but yeah, like kind of in a way. And he went, well, that's cool. If you don't use it, can I use it? <laughs> I was like, wow, you have no idea what's about to happen. And then he also, goes, I imagine it's that annoying lukewarm yeah, temperature. You can't. Yeah, but that's, mm, I don't like that. Either needs to be like boiling or. I think it's more of like yeah. a comfort. I can move around thing, like instead of, yeah, not being able to do that. And then he And then like, the baby just swims out, right? Yeah. And so I showed, and so he was really excited about it. And then he kind of moved on from that and he went, oh, Lazy Spa want to gift us like a Lazy Spa for, for the new house. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, it's one of those ideas that's just really fun in theory, but in practice, you're like, why do we have this? We never use it, get it out of the garden. So, yeah. And then how, I wonder how, like, I mean, with cost of living and everything, how expensive it would be to heat a hot tub constantly. I'm not interested really. And I was like, well, okay. I'm, I'm not really that sure. I really want a Lazy Spa. <laughs> and James went, um, no, it's really great. We can like take the baby in there and get her used to water and stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah. If you want to kill your baby, <laughs> take it in a fucking hot tub, you idiot. Anyway, then I was like, bear with, let me find a photo. I found a woman, a photo of a woman mid labor in a birthing pool and showed it to James. And now he's not talking to me. <laughs> but that's my story. Emma, what's happened to you this morning? Any traumatizing things to look forward to? Uh, no trauma here no. <laughs> although quite traumatic I've been trying to this might be useful to people but I've been trying to create a journal for people oh and that's so good Emma you should do that I should introduce you to my literary agent because you should so do something like that well do you know what I'm gonna do it really simple like just self-publish it but what I've realized is it's not that simple like it's still relatively hard which I guess is good right because otherwise everyone would just publish crap and like 
in some ways it annoys me when things are harder than I think they need to be but then in other ways I'm like hmm actually this is why not everybody does it and this is why there's not much competition for anything that you need to try vaguely hard to do and I'm like hmm, that's actually why I'm successful so true unless it's fan fiction not everybody is self-publishing books yeah and this is yeah yeah so that's what I've been playing around with this morning well I'm very proud of you it's not like you don't already have 17,000 other things to do that now you've just been like I know what I'll do I'll self-publish my own journal you fucking freak (laughs) yeah I know (laughs) but I think it's it's part of like procrastination isn't it like I started doing that when I was trying to write my talk for level up I was like (laughs) Uh, like I don't really want to write this talk I'm not quite sure what I want to talk about yet so I was like mm, do you know what else is really important writing a journal I do that all the time because like I, coaching is my favorite part of what I do and like someone random like will come to me and be like hey I really want you to and I'll be like oh, okay fine even though I know I can't say I'm full like my cup at this full I'll be like yeah no I'd rather do that than write the book that I'm contracted to write so I'll just take on another client it is a form of procrastination at least it's like some kind of you know beneficial point of it yeah although I've been really strict with myself this time because what I normally do is spend like a whole two days doing it and then being like oh actually you know the whole like it takes 80% oh sorry 20% of the time to do 80% of the work and then that last 20% of work is like actually you know all doing the putting it in the right places and blah 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 blah. that all takes the most time so I've been pretty like well pretty strict with myself about not wasting time as in don't just start stuff and then leave it which I've been known to do I've been known to do that too and um, I was going to say something else and I completely forgot what it is do you have any Easter plans James is having his birthday party tomorrow ah. but like much like a week late but he or 10 days late but he all of our friends are going to Coachella apart from like the drag the draggy few so he's got like the draggy few coming to his like little birthday party down the road from us and I know what's going to happen. It's going to be absolute carnage. And I'm just going to be sat there pregnant and tired. And in the end, I'm just going to end up leaving. Oh, <laughs> but it'll be fun at first. And then they'll get really annoying. Like they always do. They're all like single, loud, Larry boys. And I'm just going to be like, oh, leave the girls alone. Let them enjoy their girl day. <laughs> I'm sure it, the weather's nice, isn't it? Should be. Yeah. Right. Should we do some quizzies? Okay. Shall I find the... Oh, I can do it. Is there nothing on the live? Because it's Good Friday and everyone's off the... Yeah, probably people have better things to do. I told you we shouldn't do the IG live today. Everyone's like, I'm at the fucking pub, losers. (laughs) Do you want me to get them up or do you want to get them up? Um, I haven't found them yet. Let's race. It's pinned, as you always say. (laughs) It's... Oh, no, I'm in completely the wrong group. That's why Okay, well, I've got them now. So. Okay, well. <laughs> do you know what we noticed on the weekend? Like, it's so bad, but both me and my friend do this. Like, if we're going somewhere and someone's like, oh, shall I get it up on my Google Maps? And someone else is like, just being polite, like, oh, yeah, let me just see where it is. I always just get my phone out. <laughs> no intention of looking up the map. <laughs> then I wait till someone else is like, oh, yeah, I found it. I just put the phone <laughs> Oh, wow. Well done. You got there quicker than me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good. We'll just follow you then. It depends on the person. Like, James and I are so competitive with each other. Like, <laughs> I woke up this morning, he was reading my baby book. And I turned to him and I was like, oh, that's really cute that you're reading that book. 
And he was like, I'm going to be so much more informed than you by the time she comes. And I was like, it's not a competition. He's like, yes, of course it is. <laughs> so you're insane. Or I'm going to read ahead of you in this book so that every time you're like, oh, this part says this. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Already read it. Because you do know, you do know that she can't have solids until she's six months. Like I was like, yeah, everybody knows that. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Such a loser. Okay. <gasps> Becky Guard. I need some help, please. Lovely clamor. I really struggle with Bulgarian split squats. I have really poor balance. So I normally do these using a TRX. Oh. But I don't feel like I'm ever going to progress onto weighted split squats. Is there anything I can do to improve this? Or is it just a case of practice makes perfect? My balance isn't great with lunges either, but I don't find them as difficult as split squats. Um, I'd say this is really normal. A lot of, especially female clients, really struggle to get the hang of lunges and like, just any single leg work. It really is about practice, practice, practice. Another really good tip is to go onto something like the Smith machine, where it really takes all of that balance out of it and you have that structure to basically keep you on the trajectory that you need to be on. Um, <clears throat> and if you wanted to, instead of doing split squats on the Smith, which is a good option, just do reverse lunges. That's absolutely fine. And same with like um, normal static lunges. That'll be what I say, Emma. I think, yeah, it's totally normal and split squats are really hard. The the thing that I notice normally when people talk about this and then we see a video of them doing something, you're probably doing it too fast. Like slow it down and think about pausing between each rep. So it's okay if you kind of lose balance, then reset yourself at the top. Because I think what a lot of people do when they lose balance a little bit is they try to speed it up to kind of get back into the balance or they're like, oh, I'm losing balance at the top. So I'll just go back down for another lunge or something. But actually just resetting yourself at the top and pausing and then doing another rep that that would be my tip and also doing it next to a wall like there's nothing wrong with holding a dumbbell but then also being like next to a wall so that you've got some kind of stability there yeah 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 so there's nothing don't ever be <clears throat> just I'm not saying that this is what you're saying but don't ever be embarrassed to get to, to fuck up a lift or fall over in the gym or whatever like the last few days that I've been training um because other than today I just haven't really had any symptoms and then today it's been like and I've gone down like a sack of shit but um yeah, Emma there's this girl oh, there's this girl in my gym and she's she's doing like all the big lifts her physique's incredible her form is the best form I have ever seen in my life ever and I watch her and her body shows it as well like all the muscles that should be moving and popping are popping and I'm like I'm so jealous of your form it's just incredible and um <clears throat> And then she, I was watching her and then I was about to go do walking weighted lunges across the gym floor, which is one of my like favorite exercises. And I was like, well, my form on walking weighted lunges is great. So I'll, you know, I'm fine here. I'm in great company. And I fully, fully lost it like right in the middle. And my form on walking on lunges on any single leg work is fucking great. I have really good balance. I have really good range and I'm really strong, but it happens. It happens to all of us. Sometimes you also your center of mass is probably shifting which oh yeah no, I'm a complete I'm a complete like Lauren to myself in the gym these days which is hilarious to me and I never get embarrassed but it just goes to show and my brother Dan who's just finally decided finally that what he should be weightlifting I'm like yeah at the age of 35 it's finally happened uh, 45 it's finally happened um <clears throat> and um he was like is it like it like is it okay if I like look at form on YouTube and I was like, I still, to this day, if I'm trying a new lift, will go on YouTube and watch a form breakdown from someone I really like and respect. 
um, you never stop learning. You're never done. So keep working on it, and don't don't be too down or embarrassed if you if if it's a work in progress. I agree, so especially with split squats. Like they're hard. They are one of the hardest. Yeah, really hard. Mm. Anything on the live? Just a couple of people saying hi and Colette saying today is fake Saturday and completely forgot this was alive. What a lovely surprise. Fake Saturday, also known as Saturday, which I'm sure today will be for a lot of people as well. You're like, fuck it, give me the alcohol, give me the chocolate. Which leads me very nicely onto our next question. Jill Williams. Jilliams. <laughs> We're coming to a time of year where I'm always derailed. Easter and chocolate season. I love chocolate and I really want to enjoy some eggs this weekend, but I want to stay in control, which I never do. I've been having a bit of chocolate most days, so I'm not over restricting. Even so, please help. First of all, brilliant. You're going into it already with a, a well-established pattern of behavior of having some chocolate, not all the chocolate. And the second thing is, I think you do what I did um which I'm also someone who doesn't really have an off button with chocolate like once I'm going I'm going I never feel sick I never want to stop it like I can totally sympathize but I went and bought one of the smaller Cadbury's ones not one of the big big ones you know like kind of like the luxury ones that kid, kids are just gonna lose their shit over just get one of the small little boxes and enjoy it and just and track it or don't track it. It's completely up to you. It's one Easter egg on Easter weekend. It's totally fine. Just don't go, don't go mad. And it's a perfect opportunity to really impart um, compromise, not sacrifice. Emma. Yeah, I think where people can go wrong here is like, depending on what people's Easter's are like, but if they're doing an Easter egg hunt with their kids and then they also have their own egg and then they go to their friends and have a bit of that and a bit of that, like it does all add up. Whereas if you're doing what Chloe's saying, you kind of choose your indulgences and you're like, this is what I've been looking forward to. This is what I'm going to have. And I'm going to politely say no to the other offerings. That's a pretty good approach because it's more than like stacking up. Same with at Christmas time, you know, a Christmas dinner usually isn't that quote unquote bad or highly uh -huh. caloric. It's just the continuation of that for the next however many meals and then going to friends' houses and doing the same again and all this. So, yeah, I think it always comes back to, like, choosing your indulgences and then enjoying them and enjoying them guilt-free and then moving on and not beating yourself up about it afterwards. Um, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's so funny, isn't it? It's not that it's, like, Christmas that's fucking with everybody's intake it's like the whole of december party season which just really nicely backs up what emma always says which is like it's not that you have this like one quote unquote bad meal and there are no bad meals but you get what we're trying to say it's that then you're like well fuck it now i'm off and you fall in the bucket like that's the problem so yeah everybody should probably start working on that rather than later just on that note as well that i've seen this come up a couple of times recently with people doing check-ins and sort of saying I've stuck to everything apart from like one or two days that I went over so I didn't bother tracking if you really think about it from a logical standpoint like the days that you hit your targets are almost irrelevant like you don't really need to be accountable to them because you're on target it's the days where you do go off like you don't hit your steps or you go over your calories which are normal and inevitable and there's no shame or guilt around that but those are the days that you need to be accountable for. So it's no good just saying, well, yeah, on certain days I went over my calories, but on those days I just 
decided to stop tracking or kind of essentially stop being accountable to the fact I went over my calories that will be why you're not making progress like those are the days and it's the same with like the hard check-ins are the ones that you have to do the hard self-assessments when actually everything hasn't gone perfectly that week and you know you've got a lot of learning and reflecting to do the ones that you don't want to do those are the ones that teach you the most and are the most important Mm, yeah it's always always makes you feel like a complete dickhead of a coach when people are like in the last six weeks I've only had two or three days where I've gone over calories with alcohol and three or four days where I've gone over calories with food and you're like so you've had like seven days and six weeks where you've blown your deficit or and it's it's you feel bad but it's like it's the perspective of I've only and that might be incredible progress for you but that doesn't change the fact that you're probably coming out of your deficit um so you celebrate it on one hand and then just continue to work on it on the other hand yeah and I think it comes back to reminding yourself it's the average it's not the on off it's not how many days you stuck to your calories it's the average calories that you've consumed versus the average calories that you've expended over the last however many weeks that's what dictates your fat loss okay we have a question here physique goals and I'm in maintenance but I still think I have body fat to lose although you ladies have seen my progress photos and have advised maintenance am I being too picky or will the fat go as the muscle pops through that may sound ridiculous but hopefully you know what I mean yeah I know what you mean and um I mean there's two ways to reduce your body fat percentage you can lose body fat or you can build muscle or a combination of the two but yeah if you're building muscle and the amount of fat you have stays the same your body fat percentage will be less so yeah you might look leaner all i would say though is that if you have come up into maintenance with a goal to really build muscle and obviously you know we're avoiding putting you in a surplus for obvious reasons um be really patient because it's going to take a lot longer um then but I don't know who this is. I don't know who, what kind Colette. Colette. And I can't Colette. remember the progress photos off the top of my head. Either. But if, if Emma and I said you're done, it means you're done. Like, yeah. I certainly don't say that lightly. I say that when clients are done. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, nope, not done yet. No, I don't want to be the coach responsible for this. <laughs> you're done with fat loss. Um, okay, is that it? Colette, feel free to retag us on that, by the way, if you just want a bit of clarification. Okay, Georgiana, who Emma always calls Georgina, which I'm sure she <laughs> loves. <laughs> You're welcome, babe. <laughs> Question about sleep. I'm aware of the weight set point that we allegedly tend to navigate towards, which I understand is not is not something impossible to combat. No, I would even change it from set point to like, regression to the mean as in like it's completely compatible but also very natural anyway <clears throat> I was wondering though if there's a similar thing happening with sleep and the answer is yes but let's continue to this over the past two weeks I've monitored my sleep and I've realized that whether I go to bed at 10 12 or 2 I cannot easily wake up before 7 30 a.m whether I have had five hours of sleep or nine hours of sleep, 7.30 seems to be the time that I face the world. Is this a thing? Thank you. Yes, it is a thing. So we can manipulate sleep. And there are some things that I will talk to you about in a minute, re why this might continue to be happening to you. <clears throat> there are things that we can do to manipulate it. But 
whether you are what we call a night owl or a lark, um, which is largely dependent on when you naturally fall asleep, when you naturally wake up is very genetic. And, you know, we all know, like, for example, my mom will be up all night and she will sleep all day. And that's her. Could she change that? Yeah, of course she could. But that's the way she's been since she was a girl, like since she was a teenager. Um, and my dad is the exact opposite, early to bed, early to rise. And again, could he change that easily? Um, but that's the way that he, he is. And that's his natural kind of circadian rhythm. Um, so all of our bodies work on a circadian rhythm. And that by and large, it obviously it makes sense that at night um, when melatonin will start to be secreted and it starts to get dark outside and you have stopped eating, uh, we end up going to sleep. But the kind of the acute um, prediction of what time that will be is largely genetic. And the same thing work, works for the morning um, when cortisol will flood your body and light will wake you up and we start eating. And again, what time that happens is very genetic. Of course, we can manipulate it. Now, I would say if you are trying to sleep beyond 7.30, especially on those later nights, um, I would be really conscious of the light in your room because that's one of the first things that's going to be waking you up. Um, <clears throat> Wait, did she say she's trying to sleep past 7.30 or get up at 7.30? She's saying she's trying to, she says, whether I've had five hours of sleep or nine, 7.30 seems to be the perfect time for my body to face the world that is this a thing. So I think she's saying regardless of how many hours she's had, that's when she's waking up. Uh, the first thing I would say to combat is um, light. Um, absolutely the first thing. And the second thing I would uh, look at is your kind of last meal of the day uh, before you go to sleep. That can have a huge impact on your sleep-wake cycle. Um, and other than that, it is really about um, forced practice. So forcing yourself to stay in bed with your eyes closed and not let your body get up or start to respond. But all of that being said, 7.30 is a pretty good time to naturally wake up. So I don't know if you need to change it, but um, yeah, those are my thoughts. Emma? Obviously agree with all of that. I think maybe in this situation, it's probably more routine. Like I know, I'm exactly the same. If I've been always waking up at six o'clock, then even if I get in at one o'clock and go to bed, like I will still naturally wake up at six o'clock. But if I then, I don't know, over the holidays or something, start getting up later and later and later, then I will shift that time. I mean, we see it every year when the clocks change. Initially, yeah. you're like, oh, how weird. Now I'm getting up an hour earlier and I really can't stay in bed or vice versa, depending on what ways the clocks are going. And it feels like you can really feel that one hour, which is strange because it's such a short period of time. But anyway, after two weeks, you wouldn't notice it at all. So part of it is just like, if you really want to change that, then training it because your body gets into this routine and this rhythm, which is usually somewhere close to 24 hours, your circadian clock, which some people's are slightly longer. Some people's are slightly shorter, making them a night owl or a lark, wait, mm -hmm. morning, yeah. whatever, morning or night person. Um, but yeah, you can, you can shift that, especially by a couple of hours. It might not mean that you're suddenly a morning person but you can certainly shift it with when your body gets used to waking up. We talk about similar things with when you're used to eating and again, all of this is on a circadian rhythm. So then your, your body will be used to getting food at its normal breakfast time, which has always been 9am. So you'll always start to get hungry before 9am yeah. if that's when you always eat. And yeah. the same sort of rhythms happen. And this is why sometimes it might seem like quite, oh, I don't know, like arbitrary advice, but like I would suggest that people try to eat at the same times and try to as much as they can go to bed at the same time. And it's actually quite a lot of almost like quite worrying research around 
even like the weekend can completely sway you if you're like oh yeah I'm in such good routine I get up at six o'clock every morning and then on the weekend you sleep until 10 it does actually completely shift you and sometimes you'll find on Monday Tuesday it's so much harder to get up because you're used to getting up that bit later so actually routine is really underrated and really really important and I think not that we've gone too far because obviously you know you've got to have a life as well it's not all about (laughs) exactly when you're eating or exactly when you're sleeping but with the whole flexible dieting and flexible living and like it does still make it quite a lot easier if you stick to some kind of structured routine and your body kind of knows what's coming and what's happening not just from a behavioral standpoint but from a physiological standpoint I could not agree with everything Emma said more and I think a lot of the time in our industry specifically we've got so bogged down with really basic um, instructions like calories it's all about calories it's all about calories who the fuck cares you only live on it's like I, look, I'll just be totally honest. There's a part of me that's like, for some people that advice is really helpful. There is a part of me that feels like you're a health and fitness professional, act like it. And I've thought that a number of times over the last few years about a number of very successful people in our industry. Um, I completely agree with Emma, you know, having, if you want to set yourself a quote unquote healthy circadian rhythm, it is, and that is really important. Um, for your health um it is fair to say that trying and obviously this is quite extreme advice and not everyone's going to be able to do it every day trying to eat around the same time every day trying to go to bed around the same time every day getting that regularity in is going to be hugely helpful and this is why a lot of really incredible sleep doctors and i'm not talking about the matthew walkers of the world i'm talking about like the sashin pandas of the world but really fucking incredible professionals in this field We'll say things like, you know, for their clients who really struggle with their sleep-wake cycles, you know, if you're if you're traveling, if you're doing a transatlantic flight, don't eat fast. Now, again, we come back to our community and our community is like, why do you need to fast? And off we go. But actually, like for somebody who is struggling with that kind of thing, if not, not eating while you travel is a really good way to, in, in a way, pause your circadian rhythm and allow you to pick back up when you land where you land um and it can be really really good advice um and i I do think that you know like i said that this is really specified advice for people who do struggle um you know and and people who do struggle as well will probably be recommended in terms of medicinally once all the lifestyle um uh implementations have been exhausted things like um is it tryptophan supplements, which come with quite a lot of side effects and wouldn't necessarily recommend for everyone, but also potentially melatonin supplements before going down that route, maybe 5-HTP can also really help. Um, but it's not- Do you know, I heard a really interesting thing and I can't remember now. I think it was on the Huberman podcast and it was quite interesting because he was like, melatonin has such a big imp- or can have such a big impact on hormones that he wouldn't recommend people supplement with him. Exactly. And what- what surprised me was that like he's quite a supplement pusher and he said yeah well this is the thing so someone was asking me about this the other day and there are to be honest it really is like last port of call you're in hell um trial like it would be like a trial recommendation a melatonin like i say something like a fasting would be far superior than landing where you land and popping a melatonin to go to bed but any day of the week so it could be quite extreme you know the trip depends for melatonin so 5-htp is fucking brilliant um it's a great supplement it's got some really good evidence behind it in terms of helping you with that sleep wake cycle but um like we say those are the last port of calls because what is going to be really effective and helpful for gen pop is 
food timing, meal timing, which is part of your circadian rhythm, um, light manipulation, potentially fasting. Um, and that's why I say like, I, and I've been saying this for fucking years and it's, and I'm sure that people, you know, have laughed at me in the past, but there are good reasons why people recommend these things that go way beyond like fasting's a load of shit. And if you do it, you're an idiot and you should fire your PT. So well, why are you being told to do it? Yeah, I actually, I quite like fasting. And I think when people say fasting, they sometimes like jump to extremes. And I know that normally when we've discussed it, you're like, yeah, an eight hour eating window, mm-hmm. which is actually really reasonable. <laughs> like it's basically just pushing your breakfast forward a little bit and then maybe pulling your dinner forward a little bit. Like that's it. Yeah. And from a behavioral standpoint, that can be so, so useful. And I actually think that the eight hour window is particularly useful more from experience with myself and with clients where if you make that window shorter it becomes over restrictive and people tend to overeat or, or really push it within that window because they're like it's the only four hours I get to eat in the whole day I'm going to stuff my face not useful eight hours is long enough that you're not overly restricted but it actually restricts you enough that you kind of miss out and it's usually that kind of window after dinner where most people end up overeating in the evening you're yeah. missing that out because you're like oh no I finish eating for the day at 7 p.m or at 8 p.m so it can be really really useful from a behavioral standpoint and then whether they're you know and there is physiological reasons why you would want to fast as well or have prolonged periods without eating from a metabolic standpoint and from a sleep wake cycle standpoint massively and this is how we say this as well you know if I have somebody if I have a client or, or you know even myself or whatever who's really getting quite lean for whatever reasons eating before bed can really help with their sight with their sleep everybody else I'd really rather not like you, if you take a, a good couple of hours to let your food digest before bed you are going to find that you sleep better I mean it's just basic biology um or more that like your body because again when you talk about fasting it's not just it's not like as soon as you stop eating you're, you've started fasting like it's the whole time it takes you to digest that food yeah. and if you think about that then a lot of people are rarely ever in a fasted state even when they've been sleeping because if you eat just before you go to bed and then eat your breakfast when you wake up you probably by the time everything's digested what spent maybe a couple of hours in a like unfed state whereas you know there are benefits to not being not having circulating levels of inflammation and glucose for periods of time 100 percent. i remember saying talking about you know saying something about you want to give your kind of digestive system a break and, um, you know, whatever. You want to implement a fast, uh, uh, what's it, like a detox diet. Fuck that. Just like maybe start to implement like a, a PM to AM um, fasting window, um, which will be really good for your body and really good for your sleep. And I think it was like Graham Tomlinson, the fitness chef was like, yeah, but you don't need to, you don't need to do that, you know? And I was like, no, no, I know you don't, but it would be really helpful but I guess it's the difference between what's practical and what's optimal but I wouldn't even say it's that like it's you're assuming that it's over restrictive to people it's not like it doesn't have to be assuming that everybody is like this fit happy healthy individual that has no issues that's just looking to lose a bit of body fat all the time and there's so much more to being health conscious than that and I just think there's this like massive side of our industry which I kind of love like whistleblowers to all the shit advice but, you know, Emma and I, you know, we, we were talking about this yesterday. 
we work with like thousands of clients a year. There's a lot more to health than I just want to lose a bit of body fat. Should I fast? No, you really don't need to do that. There's more, there's more client thoughts, questions and goals. Yeah. Well, if someone's saying, do I have to fast? We'd be like, no, of course not. But if someone's saying, might that be a useful way for me to lose body fat? And when we say fast, again, I just want to caveat with like maybe something like an eight hour eating window. Yeah. Like when you really, when you work with a lot of people as well and you realize that there's so many benefits in terms of decisions and behaviors by setting yourself essentially kind of a cutoff period where you're going to eat or not eat, that actually fasting works really well. And sometimes I think a lot of the reason it works so well is because you've got this kind of buy-in and you've got these rigid rules and we like to think that we want loads of choice and we like to think that we don't want rigid rules but actually they're so much easier to stick to than yeah you can eat whatever you want whenever you want as long as on average at the end of the week you're in a deficit that's true but it's it's quite hard to implement that whereas if you're like oh here's some like guidelines to go with each day because we've given you the knowledge behind them that means you don't freak out if it's eight o'clock and actually your dinner's not quite ready yet But it does mean that like your understanding that actually if you stick to those, it's probably going to make the process easier for you, if anything. Yeah, amazing points. (laughs) points. Um, Yeah, I won't allow, but we've done that enough, so I'll stop talking now. Um, Anything else? Yeah, maybe, do you know what would be fun? Although maybe not that fun for our clients, but (laughs) I'd love love in the next round to do like A-B testing, right? 50% 50% of people get put on a fasting diet. 50% of people don't get told to fast. They'd be like, Emma, I'm, if I wanted to sign up to some kind of site, I would have done it and be getting paid for it. I'm not doing it for you for free. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we'd obviously have to double blind it. I did. I had this chat with Dr. Bill Campbell the other day, who's fucking brilliant and like a proper idol of mine. And I was like, I really want to be part of one of your studies. And he's like, you're not here in Florida where we need you for our controlled study. I was like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I had this pipe dream. Oh, and being part of a study isn't fun. I know. I mean, it doesn't sound fun, but I still really, I just want to contribute in some way. <laughs> I'm still like, I'm still scarred from when I was at uni and I volunteered for the study and they, part of it was a muscle biopsy. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, I don't mind getting my blood taken or anything. Like, I'm not particularly squeamish. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, they make out like it's not going to be sore and it's like a tiny bit of muscle. It's not. Like, it's actually quite a lot of muscle. No, I don't want to do that. And it's like, um, it's, I describe, it's a bit like they put like a, basically a straw in and then a smaller straw inside it. And then they twist and then they take out that, like a chunk of muscle. Nope absolutely not no it's really it's yeah um I mean it would be cool like in some ways I'm sure that if you were speaking to Bill as well he's probably like what you've got I don't know each round like however many people to study or like we should have been keeping better data on people because what like 3,000 people have done the easy method over that I know but it's so not controlled it just wouldn't even count it wouldn't I know it's not controlled but there are certain variables that you could measure yeah but no one would pay any attention it would be a complete waste of everyone's time everyone would be like now this study wasn't very well controlled and it's a bit shit but here were the findings anyway and immediately "Ah!" (laughs) I don't think that's true because I think you've got you've got controlled studies where you can have what max maybe 50 odd people yeah if you're lucky most sports science studies are are like 10 people or something yeah and then you've got in real world because yeah. it almost doesn't matter what happens in a controlled situation. All you're looking at there is, in theory, the physiology, if people actually lived in lab conditions, which they don't. 
And then you've got bigger scale real world studies, which, yeah, they have less control over. But actually, that's what people do in the real world. So it kind of tells you more. But when you piece the two together, you're like, okay, here's the physiology. Here's how people behave. I here's like, the conclusion. I did like your idea about the, the, the weight, the scale weight thing. Like oh, yeah. That would be so interesting. I wonder how we could do that. I mean, we'd have to be in person with people. We're going to have to open some kind of research clinic. I know. Oh, well, that'll be I have no history, though, in in this kind of thing. So you would really have to spearhead this. That's fine. Um, okay, fine. We, is there anything else in my life? Uh, we've got, Colette's just saying, the fat I hold is around my lower belly, which, of course, is the area I want to focus on. Whereas the rest of me is relatively lean. Should I embrace the body shape and be patient? Colette, can you just tag me in in the in your photos and where we left off, please, so I can have a little look and and be more hands on with you. Agreed. Okay. And Kerry's saying, "Oh, Kerry, here comes and a glass of wine." And actually, wine makes you not sleep very well. So no. Well, I agree. Typically, alcohol is uh, what do you call it? What's the word I'm looking for? the words just got like, shock not like me um yeah typically wine any alcohol is going to completely fuck with your sleep wake cycle um but when i was in the maldives i met this woman and she was like um she said that when she was she was breastfeeding and had her first daughter had a really bad colic and like neither of them were sleeping and it was awful <laughs> oh obstetrician was like have two glasses of wine every night before you do your last feed <laughs> and go to bed and she said her and her daughter just started sleeping through the night and I was like don't tell me that advice that's dangerous for people like me what <laughs> do they say they normally say that alcohol does put you to sleep but it doesn't make you have as deep a sleep yeah it's your um it's your uh REM your rapid eye movement sleep that it really fucks with so, yeah. yeah so just get your baby drunk via your milk and then <laughs> I was like you should have seen my daughter though I was like wow I hope my daughter grows up to look like your daughter because she is amazing <laughs> James is like babe our, our daughter is not gonna be <laughs> she's you know she's gonna look like James in a wig we just have to accept it okay <laughs> it's like I know we shouldn't say this I know we shouldn't care but she will look like James in a wig and it is a, it is going to be a problem. <laughs> okay. Oh, I can't wait. Right. Okay. Um, what is the best way to program rest days? I've been doing home weighted lower upper core rest, which means three full days between training each area. Is the rest day really needed? Is two days between each area enough? I think for the home waiter doing upper lower core rest in a cycle is brilliant. I wouldn't change that. That sounds really good to me. If you were in a gym doing like kind of bigger, more serious, like Olympic lifting stuff, I'd probably want you to add in another one. So maybe every doing every fourth and then seventh day of the week would be good. Or even every just fifth and six, um, sorry, sixth and seventh, maybe. Um, if that was easier for you, read your lifestyle. Um, but I think for home wasted, that's great. Just don't freak out, you know, if you want to reduce your training because six days a week, even if you're not in a gym, is, is definitely the, the upper, upper limit. Agree. Yeah. Okay, we're up to date. I can't believe I haven't peed yet. I'm so excited for myself. Um, okay, Sabrina Greenberg, James. Hey, Sabrina, school bud. 
Hi, lovely ladies. I have a question about how you know when you are done with fat loss, both as a client and how as coaches do you decide when it is best to move somebody to maintenance? If we don't use a goal weight or a clothing size, and technically we could keep losing weight, albeit more slowly as we have less to lose, what are the indicators that the client is done? Sorry, acid reflux. It's done. I'm sorry if this is a poorly formed question. It's not. I'm struggling to decide whether I want to move on to maintenance and if I'm staying in the deficit just because I like seeing the scales go down, which I know is really not a healthy headspace to get into. Thank you. It is based on a number of things. It is based on the feedback that they're giving us. How are they mentally with their diet, with their food, with their initial chosen goal? Uh, it's also sorry, but for me as a coach, I won't speak for Emma visual. If I look at a photo of you and I decide you're done, I decide you're done. <laughs> um, we can have a discussion. You can fight with me if you want. If I think you're making valid points, maybe I'll let you hold on for a little while longer, but it won't be long. Um, that's and, and just to add to that, like that's because at some point, like it's no longer healthy to keep exactly. listening to that. So exactly. we, you know, and our first job as personal trainers is like, do no harm. So we yeah. certainly won't, you know, we can't control what you do. If you're like, no, I'm still going to stay in a deficit. Mm -hmm. We're still not going to change our mind. We're still going to say, that's not what I think that you should do. Exactly. But we can't control that. Exactly. And Sabrina, it's also about questions that the client asks like this, which this says to me, you're pretty sure you're done. You're just doing it to do it. And that to me is an indicator that you're done. And that's fantastic. You shouldn't be scared to move up to maintenance. We will do it in the right way with you and we will get you to maintain your results. Also add to that just quickly, because of the stuff that you share on Instagram, I have seen your body and your lean and you're strong. And I think if you were to keep going for too much longer, maybe not, you know, maybe a few weeks is one thing, but not beyond that. Because if you were to keep going for too much longer, you're a, and you're a mother, your energy would, would really start to dip and your ability to train, which you clearly love to do and in a very specific strength training manner would start to suffer. So I would say you're probably done. Tag us, let us help you. Emma? Yeah, nothing really to add. Although I think, you know, it's not, I think people assume that it's a certain body fat percentage and it's absolutely not. Oh. Like for some people, it might be a much higher body fat than for other people. And really it's individual on what is the pros versus the cons for you as an individual. Like what is the cost of losing more body fat for you? And is that still worth it? And if it's not, then great, it's time to move to maintenance. It doesn't matter what, like, doesn't matter objectively what you look like or how much you weigh or how much body fat you have. It's more about like what you want as an individual and what that's costing you. Because for some people, the quote unquote cost of losing more, like the effort that you have to put in to lose more body fat might still be worth it. And for other people, it might not be even at the same relative body fat. Very good point. Think lifestyle and client. Yeah. Like how we said just then, you know, not only do you in terms of your training want to train, you have quite a strength focus, I feel quite a performance focus with your training. Also, you know, you have a you have a little girl, you look great, taking all these things into account, but it's really subjective. And it also depends on the client, you know, to be honest, we're going to probably I mean, I've, we've talked, we've spoken to Tajal about as she gets closer to show date, getting a proper coach. Um, she doesn't need to start there, but she will need to end up there. Um, she'll probably be pushed a bit further. So, yeah. Okay, anything else in my life? No, we're good. Okay. Hannah, I never know whether it's petite or petite. Is it okay to ask Chloe? Oh, sorry, Emma. <laughs> I'll just leave. 
not like I don't talk enough anyway, sharing way too much about myself all the time. It's okay to ask Chloe what her plan will be for when the baby comes in terms of her maternity leave, what it means for the group. Will Emma be going alone? Will you both have to take a break? Emma, I think you might need to get some EQ baby merch. I saw it. Yeah, so guys, this is the plan. I'm doing early August. The plan is, look, it's EQ method is... It's our first baby. Yeah, it's our first baby. So look, okay, okay. So I'm due in early August. The plan is just to hold on and for as long as I can. And the reason why I can say that and I feel comfortable saying that is because obviously I have Emma as well. And that means that no matter what happens, and we've been doing this now for nearly, what, two, two and a bit years? No, is it two and a bit years? <gasps> it is. January 2020. Oh my God, it's two and a bit years. So what that means is that unless we, you know, do something different, which we do sometimes, and then it is a bit, <laughs> it's a bit of a workload. Unless we do anything different, we're in a rhythm. We're in a circadian rhythm of EC method. We know what we're doing and it, and it can run quite smoothly if we decide not to change anything mega, which of course we're not going to do because I'm going to go on maternity leave and Emma is going to have to man the ship. And I'm going to change everything before she comes to Noji. Good luck, you'll be in hell if you try that. Um, so, so Emma's just basically going to man the ship. I'm going to hold on till as late in the day as I can. If I make it through to the end of July, mid-July, early July, whatever happens, I'm going to hold on for as long as I can. Then obviously when the baby comes... And Chloe's going to take the pressure off, so she's going to do as much as she can, but she's not going yeah. to feel that she has to do anything. Yeah. And I will be point, here to pick up any slack that needs to be picked up. Yeah. If at any point I'm like, no, <laughs> Emma, she'll come into it. But the plan is to hold on for as long as I can. When the baby comes, obviously, this is going to be a complete upheaval shit show of my life. <laughs> Having spoken to my best friend who had her baby that we all know. Oh, and by the way, let's you asked about how she is. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a, an easy delivery, but she's home now and she's fine. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to basically obviously dedicate a good few weeks to that period. Emma will continue to man the helm and hopefully some point in October I will start to drip back in where and and then I will fully drip back in and everything else that I do will be put on hold apart from the baby so it'll be EC and the baby my two babies everything else is put on hold until January so I have the time and I have the help and that is a very long-winded way of saying what's gonna happen (laughs) I'm excited for it yeah and I will dip in and out as well I mean I might you know just have a baby on the teat (laughs) I don't think I'm going to be able to breastfeed, but that's not. When's Carrie's baby due? Is it May? Oh, right. Quite a lot before yours. Mm-hmm. Carrie, you're watching. Is it May? Tell us. I'm sure she's already told us now. I can't remember. I'm sure it's Awful. May. I'm sure it is. Okay. I'm not good at stuff like that, though. Like, people tell me stuff like that, and I'm just like, Phew. the next week, I'm like, are you having a boy or girl? But, like, we literally talked about <laughs> two days ago, and I'm like, oh, oh June the 20th. Oh, that's it's soon. June twentieth. When she's June. When she's due. <laughs> okay. Well, now we'll remember it. June sounds like due. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, last. Should we do last question or no? We can yeah. Okay. Rebecca Carter. I'm going away on a week ski holiday on Sunday. Nope. Too old, and you're already gone. <laughs> <laughs> You've gone. Um. Someone's asking where can she find the lives, but obviously <laughs> we can't tell you on the live because you're not going to see the live. 
<laughs> Laura. Hi, both. I've started to notice my lower back is very sore. I'm trying to use the correct form and lift weights to get me to failure in the rep range stated. Is this normal when you first start lifting weights? Can I do anything at all to strengthen my lower back? Thank you. Emma, I'll let you take that. So there are loads of things you can do to strengthen your lower back. But normally, I think what people underestimate is it's more core work than it is like focused lower back work, although you could do things like back extensions. Um, but doing core work, so things like plank holds, anti-rotation things like pile-off press and stuff, that's really, really going to help. You love and, press. Oh, Love it. Ab- although I actually never really do it. <laughs> but I'm like, everyone should do it. It's great. It is a great exercise, to be fair. Um, yeah, so I would focus on those. If it's, if it's like pain in your lower back that you're getting outside of workouts, I would go and see a physio or get someone at least to check your form because that doesn't sound good. And I think with a lot of these things, it can start as a niggle. But if it's like a consistent niggle, I know it's tempting to just be like, well, it's not that bad, but actually they're the worst things. Because if it's really bad, you stop and you go and get it fixed. If it's not that bad, then you just put up with it for so long that you actually make it really bad and then it's quite hard to get fixed. So if it's a consistent niggle or a consistent pain, do go and see someone about it. And they might even just be able to offer you three or four exercises that you need to do at the start of every workout that is going to loosen up your back or strengthen your back. Or it might be something that, yeah, you think your form is good, but there might be just a little, like a tiny little tweak that needs to happen. Yeah. yeah you think your form is good but you're wrong um and actually we had a really interesting biomechanics talk at level up which Chloe would have loved because it essentially just said what she says all the time which is that different exercises (laughs) different exercises will look different for different people so like there isn't the perfect squat form there's the perfect squat form for you given your length of limb Thank you, muscle mentors. <laughs> I really need them to just start flooding Instagram with this because I'm seeing so much crap. Like, you're, it's wrong if it's like this. And I'm like, well, who's the client and why are they doing it? Wide stance. It's not wrong. Yeah. And how long's their femur? Yeah, and like, exactly. what's it? What? How long is their spine? Blah blah blah. So it will look slightly different for everyone. And there are certain coaching cues that, yeah, like are pretty decent for everyone, but you might think that you're doing it perfectly right but given your limb length and stuff it could be still putting your back under pressure but you're not you're wrong <laughs> yeah yeah look i it, some of you may have noticed andy that little fucking shit tags me in his post today so fucking like the cheek of him i'm lordotic and it's like my so my lower spine like curves out to like <laughs> quite a significant degree um and when I first started lifting, it was a problem. I had real pain in my lower back, obviously, as you would. Um, and I basically <clears throat> hired a, a MT um, and basically had to kind of be taught form that forced my spine to be neutral in lifts so that I didn't do any in, any any damage. If I hadn't done that, I would have fucked my lower back and I wouldn't, I would to this day have really big issues lifting. But I dealt with it really early I mean like a few weeks in I started seeing him and I learned the form and yeah it's annoying it takes me a bit longer to sort my form out sometimes I watch my videos back and I'm like why is my ass sticking out and it's really annoying um 
but I, I work on it and it is safeguarded my back and it's really important. And I agree with Emma. If you have something, just a little red flag, a teeny tiny cartoon red flag, go, go to a, a physio, you know, go to a very advanced kind of biomechanics specialist PT or muscle technician is what they call themselves. I don't even know if that's a real thing, but I'm, I'm into it. Basically they know what they're fucking talking about when it comes to biomechanics. And that's important. Um, and start to work on it now because you can save yourself a lot of injury down the line, still train like a beast, still get amazing results. It just takes a little bit more work. I do remember, um, just thinking about this like I still have videos of when I was lifting at uni and I can see like my form to anyone would look pretty good but I can see where my back is like almost fused where eventually the disc slipped where it just doesn't like there's no movement there where normal people's would move and it's like yeah annoying if I'd gone to an MT at the right time it's yeah it's just it's invaluable and this is also what Emma and I are like we have no issues when people ask it's like this hurts what should I do go to a physio do it it's worth it it's worth the money if you're serious about you want to train you want to be active like it's important but I mean yeah, you, on each at either end of the spectrum it's important like if you if you're serious about it it's important but if you're serious about being healthy and being able to exercise and living a long pain-free life it's also important um I've just seen Colette's just tagged us in this thing I just got a notification um also, guys, I don't know, I should probably put this in the group, but um, well, look, just quickly before we leave, we're going to end it there. Because, <laughs> Emma, so I basically deleted all the questions that surpassed six weeks ago, and now we only have like four left. So, oh, great. Place to end it. We need new questions, guys, so put them up, up there. Um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, I know that before and after photos are hotly contested and debated this is another thing that I'm really like, it's not a one size fits all thing. A lot of people are really want us to share them. I've, I've been requested, so many clients have requested that I share their before and afters. Um, please can you share, please can you share. Some people have requested that we don't share the before and afters and some people are just like, don't care either way. Um, if you have a testimonial like written, which is just as good, if not better in a, for a lot, in a lot of ways, for a lot of reasons, and or before and after that you would like us to share, that you're happy for us to share and talking about your EC journey, what you've learned, what you've achieved. Um, doesn't have to be a picture, doesn't have to be a testimonial, it can be either or both. Please do start uploading them, tag us, tell us we can use it. Um, it's just really good for us to kind of keep promoting the EC method. Emma and I can tell everyone how great it is, but it means nothing if you guys think it's a crock of shit, which hopefully you don't. So <laughs> It just sounds, it, yeah, it sounds so much better coming from you guys. And actually that post was really insightful. I asked the people, everyone, two questions. Yeah. One, what was your biggest reservation before joining? Which I think is so, so useful. Like what barriers people put up. Yeah. And then secondly, like what advice would you give to people who are thinking of joining? That was a really smart one from you, actually. I really, Thanks. that's very clever. Because that's the thing. I think people are, you know, I, I sent you that thing this morning. One of the, one girl wrote under it, like, I just always give up. And it's such a difficult thing to go back and, you know, this is what coaching is to stop that from happening. So you can't just answer it in an Instagram comment, but um, but then sometimes I'm a little bit. So I was listening to this. Uh, it was a book, and it was. Why were they talking? Anyway, it was talking about a. Narrowed it down. <laughs> okay, okay, it was a book. Do you want to play? Like, what's the what, what's the thing again? Pictionary. Not pictionary. What are you talking about? Charades. 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 
Wait, oh. how do you say it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. Anyway, it was a book. Okay. And in the book, he was talking about his psychology professor. And this guy was obviously a psychologist. And I can't remember what the book was. But anyway, he was like, when you become a therapist, so you get someone who's like, therapy's never worked for me. I've been with this therapist, this therapist, this therapist. And actually, you know, they all got it wrong. Like, how are you going to do it differently? Yeah. He was like, that person is a psychopath. <laughs> I was like, actually, I, and again, he kind of explained afterwards, but it, it's like, you turn it around. Like if you've literally, we do get people who have tried like silly stuff, right? But if they're like, yeah, I worked with like, I don't know, people that we know and respect in the industry. And none of them were. And it didn't work. Like, you know, none of it worked for you. Like Probably. you're the common denominator. And at some point you have to, t- and that's like the, the kindest thing to do. Like rather than take your money and be like, yeah, well, work with us. Knowing that actually, unless you own that and accept that, okay, part of the reason that didn't work might've been because we weren't a great fit, but also, if, you know, if it's happened numerous times, I need to take some responsibility for that. And I need to this time make sure that I learn from those previous attempts and make sure that this one's better because we don't want to just take your money and you get no results like I know that some coaches don't care about that and just want to make money but we want you to get results so if you're coming and saying I've tried all these things and none of it works like unless you're ready to approach this differently then it's probably not the right one for you and I do actually think that that comment is indicative of somebody who's looking for quick fixes and that's where they can't ever get long-term results and they always give up because just saying I want to do it but I always give up question mark means fix it for me in one answer and as I just started by saying well this is coaching this is long-term work or at least medium term but it's certainly not a short-term quick fix certainly not like a short short form content Instagram reply um so yeah it is indicative that the problem is the client I obviously can't say that to this person on Instagram no no you can't (laughs) I think within the context of that like within the context of whenever we give tough love like that because that is quite tough love it's because we want them to get the best results oh yeah we don't want to just take money from you and the same thing to happen again and again and again it's because we want you to reflect and be like okay if I am going to invest again I need to approach this with a different mindset and actually something that came up a lot in those questions was don't expect this to be a quick fix expect to change your mind expect to like be questioned like question ask lots of questions get involved and don't think that it's only an eight week thing, even though it is an eight week program, like it's much more than that. Yeah, it's like that um, Mark Manson post that he he did the other day. And he always says, like, if you have the same problem in all of your relationships and every relationship, the problem is you. And it's true. And like we've all been there. Like I've, I've talked about this before as well. Like, I used to have real jealousy issues. And while it may not have started with me it certainly ended with me and there's only one person in the end that could fix that and it was me didn't help going out with a rugby player (laughs) I did good there (laughs) um but yeah it's so true and I think we've all been there as 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 young or kind of grown women points in your life and I do think a lot of the time they're reflected in relationships where you're like oh hang on I'm creating this problem this isn't actually a problem I'm making it a reality so yeah interesting thoughts Emma (laughs) What do you think to do that fucks up all your relationships? Uh, just <laughs> probably just my like anytime anyone gets even vaguely close, I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> you must go to the most unavailable person you can find. I'll just ghost you for the rest of the time. And then as soon as you make them available, you're like, I'm done. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, guys, that's it for now. Thank you so much. <laughs>
<laughs> so many of I, you tuned in, all two of you, Colette and Carrie. Um, guys, have a great Easter weekend and we will be back on. Are we are we doing another one on Monday? Yeah. Okay, fine. All right, we'll see you Bye. on Monday again. None of you will be here. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe not Monday. Okay, we'll we'll post in the group. Yeah.